You're listening to Sincerely Mrs. Mommy, the podcast, an extension of SincerelyMrsMommy.com, a mom lifestyle blog and platform dedicated to sharing real life tips, advice, and inspirational stories sprinkled with a little grace and faith. With me, Desiree Ofori, as your host, plus the occasional special guest, we'll have authentic conversations on mom life, marriage, and womanhood. My mission this year is to help inspire moms to become whole, sane, happy, and fly. So keep listening to see which of these topics we tackle this week. I hope you enjoy and remember to share this with your mom tribe or a mom you love. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Sincerely Mrs. Mommy, the podcast. My name is Desiree and today we have a very special guest, Kiana Hagen. I am just so thankful to Kiana for (laughs) being brave and being courageous and sharing her experience with us. As you know, I'm sure when this goes out, we will still be in the thick of dealing with the coronavirus, with COVID-19. And there are a lot of women who are finding themselves in a situation where their original birth plans may not go as planned because of the new um, precautions that have to be put into place because of COVID-19, the coronavirus. Kiana was able to share her experience. She just gave birth. um, By this time, by the time you guys hear this, it would have been about a month and a half, maybe, probably almost six weeks since she's um, had a baby, if not two months, but um, I'll know that a lot of you will still be pregnant (laughs) by the time you listen to this, or you had recently given birth during this pandemic, and you may have a lot of the similar feelings and experience that Kiana had. So to be able to hear from somebody else who has gone through it, um, who has experienced it, as well. It just helps with the healing process and it helps you to just process in your mind what happened. It's easier when you know somebody who's done it and to be able to put yourself in a mindset of like, okay, I can do this too. She was able to, you know, make it through and, you know, everything turned out okay for her, then the same could happen for me. Or if, you know, she was having these feelings and I'm feeling it the same way, I'm not alone. And that's my biggest thing with Sincerely Miss Mommy. With the stories that we share, I want them to be honest and authentic and transparent as possible because I never want anyone to feel like they are the only ones dealing with things because that is a big lie (laughs) that um, the enemy, you know, puts in our minds and that, you know, we would think in ourselves that we are the only ones and it makes us feel isolated and detached from the world and those who love us around us. So, Kiana, thank you so much. Um, I, I don't even have enough words. <laughs> Besides, thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this. Oh, it's not a problem at all. I am very excited, very nervous. It's the first time I did anything like this, but I'm very optimistic and hopeful that maybe this experience can be relatable and can be something that can be encouraging to anyone else that's find themselves in this situation. So I'm trying to I guess, let the sharing part be a part of the healing as well and get over some of that shame and some of the disappointment that, you know, you may naturally feel. So I'm very hopeful and optimistic and grateful to be a part of it. So thank you for having me on. You are so welcome. So before we get into Kiana's story, I just wanted to share a little bit of her background and who she is. 
Um, she is a realtor and co-owner along with her husband of a com their company, For You Financial Solutions. They work with helping people in the community reach financial health and become homeowners. She and her husband, they were married when they were 18 years old and they've been married for almost eight years now. They have three children, Juliana, who is five years old, Julian, who is two, and Julia, at the time of this recording, who is a month old. Um, Kiana and I, we know each other from church. Like I tell you guys, I don't bring on just random people. I like to kind of vet them first, <laughs> or at least know them personally. So you guys are in good hands with Kiana. So Kiana, can you um, just start off with letting us know um, what your original birth plan was? And then you can go into, you know, what happened. Okay, so originally my birth plan was to have a home birth with midwives. We had went through this process before with our two other kids. And that's what we were familiar with. That's what we were, uh, were accustomed to, just having that natural home birth. And I will say I was, um, if I had to kind of split it up, maybe 80% of that was my husband's desire. And of course I wanted as well, but he was just very, very invested in having that kind of experience as well um, and not want to result into going to the hospital or, you know, taking a different route. So we were both heavily invested into having a natural home birth delivery and we, we prepared for that as well. And so with that, you guys had midwives with the other two children? Yes. Yeah, so the first time with Juliana, um, one of my sisters actually presented it to me. And I remember when she presented it to me, it was something she did. I was just like, you crazy. I'm terrified of childbirth. Um, I'm going to need drugs because there's no way, you know, a baby's head is going to come out of my hole. It's just right. not going to happen. Nope. <laughs> need medicine. And um, once she started to just educate me about the benefits of it being natural and just how, um, how her experience was so well it was very encouraging and after some convincing I fully got invested and then whenever um, we had my daughter she came at 40 weeks she was right on time very punctual and she was actually supposed to come on Christmas and she came on Christmas I apologized so hard to the midwives because I'm like I'm so sorry my family is interrupting your precious Everything. family time. Um, and we were just so sure, you know, and we would tease and joke, like, what happens if she come on Christmas? And the midwives was like, yeah, we doubt, you know, she'll come on the actual due date. But, you know, if she does, we're more than happy to come and, and be with you guys. And that's exactly what happened. And that was a smooth process. That was beautiful. Um, it was a very short delivery. We got at the birthing center, which was right in our neighborhood um gratefully so we went to the birthing center around i'll say maybe 6 40 and she was born at 8 29 wow. so it was a beautiful experience she was six pound eight ounces and everything went so well there the recovery was was good everything was good with my son um that was a very very stressful time on our household and on our marriage and it was, it was very hard on me emotionally. So none of it was him. It was all just life stuff that happens. Mm -hmm. And it was just so hard to go through that pregnancy um, in good health. I was actually in very poor health. I wasn't eating or sleeping. And um, 
I was not at a good weight. He was not at a good weight and he didn't make it to 40 weeks. Um, he was a little early, he was premature and he actually started coming at home. Um, his due date was December 22nd and it was December, it was November 13th and, you know, kind of feel some of that pain and you just, you know, it's Braxton Hicks and you do everything you know how to do to, you know, get it to stop. You right. lay down, you drink water, you know, get in the tub and, Man, when that urge to push came, I was just like, oh, my God, this is <laughs> really happening. And I couldn't beg Jesus hard enough, like, let us stay in a little longer. You know, come on, don't do this. So long story short, um, with him, I, I believe they said he was like maybe 36 weeks, 37 weeks. He was a little early. So with him, um, he started coming at the house and we were kind of prepared. Well, we were prepared and not prepared. We were going to deliver him at home. It was just my husband and I. And when my husband said these words, it kind of just shot everything for me. He was just like, oh my God, I see the baby's head. What do I do? And I just kind of threw oh my up God. my hands. I was just like, oh my God, we're not ready for this. Like just, just everything. And we just shut down. He was on one phone with the ambulance on another phone with his mom. Oh my on my God. cell phone with um the midwives, the midwives was like, you know, you guys got to go to the hospital because he is early. We have some concerns about his health at this point. My mother-in-law was um calling my sister like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, Kiki's having the baby. What do we need to do? And my husband's trying to get from the ambulance. Okay, how do I deliver a baby? Because he's coming and I see his head and everything was just very frantic and very scary. And we had no time to really, I guess, feel emotions or adjust to the concept of, oh, my gosh, we're really having a baby right now because we had to have the baby right now. Right. So um, and then, like I said, we were just going through a lot in our household emotionally and just a lot of changes. So everything um, internally was very, very hard. And I hadn't been sleeping and I didn't sleep for I didn't go to sleep that past night. So I had been up for like more than 24 hours. And when it was time to, you know, really, I guess, push and the ambulance came, my energy was shot. And we were on a good, strong path. Like, okay, you know, feel the urge to push. I'm pushing. But when my husband dropped that line, I was like, man, we don't know what we're doing. Like, just, (laughs) okay, we, we, we can't do this right now. So when the ambulance came, we went to the hospital. And I was at the hospital for maybe not even an hour. And because he was coming, it was nothing that they can do. Of course, there's no pain medicine. There's nothing they could give us. They're just like, you know, sis, you got to boss it up and, you know, push it out. So mm-hmm. we had to just dig deep and, and push him out. But we were able to still have him naturally without any medication. The midwife did come up to the hospital with us. So, you know, it was very comforting to still have her there. And whenever Julian was born, he was three pounds, 15 ounces. So he had to stay in the NICU for two weeks. And that broke, um, that broke both my husband and my heart because of course we definitely bared a lot of the, the shame and the guilt that he had to go through that. And then in the NICU, they have their own way that they would do things. Of course, it's different than what you would do with your own child. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that just, it broke my heart. It's, you know, whenever you come in there, your baby's in a box. They don't really want you to touch the baby or rub the baby. They don't want you to stimulate the baby because the baby, of course, is going to respond like a baby. It's going to, you know, want to be held and picked up and it's going to mm-hmm. cry. And they have other babies that they have to tend to, which I get, I understand. But in that situation, 
I straight up told him, don't tell me not to touch my kid. Like, I don't want to be here. I don't want him to be here. You know, I'm going to rub him, you know, like I have not been able to bring him, you know, into my chest, into my bosom and hold him, you know, since he was delivered and he's in this box. And like I said, we bared a lot of that shame and responsibility that, you know, we didn't handle um, ourselves and the situation we were going through, you know, just with so much changes and at home and in our marriage and at home, we didn't handle that well because um, he came early and he was underweight and um, he did have just some little concerns with him. So that was, that was very, very hard. And then for him to have to stay there and, you know, I get discharged and I leave. Gratefully, my husband works at the hospital um, still. So, he was checking on him, you know, every single day that he was there. So it wasn't a day that went by that we didn't call, we didn't visit, we didn't check on him. But of course, nobody wants to go through that, you know, that NICU baby thing, you know, you just want to have your baby and, right. you know, be able to to bond. So that was hard. That was really hard. And then with, um, with Miss Julia, with our last baby, we came in feeling completely confident feeling completely whole everything was completely different from the second time around like the marriage was good home was good we had everything that we needed just emotionally spiritually we were just encouraged and strengthened eating well sleeping well I mean it was very 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 beautiful experience and we were going to do the home delivery again um they didn't see any risks with us trying to do a home delivery even though our second child was early because they said he wasn't early due to you know complications or anything like that so we were still able to try and go forward and have that natural home birth and we prepared to do that but we all knew in the back of you know our mind that I may not make it to 40 weeks and we were preparing and just the goal was make it to 37 weeks just make it to 37 weeks that was the goal so um, around 34, 35 weeks, they did tell us that the baby was head down, which they call breach. And um, during this time, everything with coronavirus had just started hitting like on the uprise. So it's just like, okay, the coronavirus is here, but we're still carrying on, you know, with normal life. But we know that this is something we're going through. So during this time, when they were saying, hey, we'll try and schedule you guys an appointment so that we can get a doctor to you know, turn the baby for you. And there's a possibility that you may have to get induced and have the baby there. If they turn the baby and think that the baby's going to go back to head or head up, mm-hmm. then um, that's something that they'll have to do. And I think earlier I said the baby was head down. Um, I want to correct that the baby was head up. So the baby was breech head up around 34, 35 weeks. And like I said, we knew we were going to possibly go early. So that was, you know, a big thing. We had to get her head down so that we can, you know, naturally have her. During this time, the clinics was um, not taking a lot of appointments, only taking emergency appointments. So they were saying that maybe two weeks before you could get in to see a doctor that is going to be able to turn the baby around. So my response, and I never really do this, but I was desperate. My response to that was, I'm going to just ask, I tease my sister all the time and I tell her that Google is her best friend. 
Um, <laughs> she will Google everything and she'll be like, oh, well, I just found out. I'm like, oh, who'd you find out from your best friend, Google? <laughs> so I paid a little visit to my sister, best friend, Google, and started just researching how can we get this baby to, you know, turn head down naturally. So we started doing just a lot of stuff at home. We started doing inversions where you pretty much just kind of you're upside down. Um, we did the little ice trick. They say you put the ice where you think the baby head is. It'll aggravate the baby. The baby will flip. Um, you, it's some yoga moves that you try. And one of the things that was recommended was intercourse. And that's something that my husband and I, we had kind of been pulling away from because both times that we had our other kids was not shortly after we had intercourse. So we know that intercourse and the later end of the pregnancy is going to initiate and trigger you know, labor. So we had intentionally been, you know, staying away from that and just kind of, you know, being very low key with it. So in our desperate attempt to try and, you know, help the baby turn head down in the right position, it was just like, well, hey, let's let's just try it. And we were exactly 36 weeks. So that day we were thinking, okay, we just got to hold her in for a week, one more week, but we still need her to turn and she's not turning. So we we did what google recommended what the bestie (laughs) recommended and it backfired so hard so right after contractions start happening like clockwork every five minutes and i think my denial maybe softened the pain a little bit because they weren't that bad and i was just like you know just in denial so they would come and when they came i would you know stop everything would have to stop, but it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. I hate my life type pain. (laughs) Whenever you're delivering that you have, it was just like, oh, okay, this is uncomfortable. Let's stop, relax, and then, you know, continue to to go at it. So just in trying to get through the day, it got to a point where my husband's getting ready to go to work. And he was like, hey, I really think you need to just call the midwife and tell her what's been going on. So I called the midwife and she was just like, you know, Kiana, I think you're in, in labor and I really want you to go to the hospital. And I told her I'm not doing that because I go, you know, they're going to try and just get rid of me, you know, and just C-section it up, you know, and I was like, I'm not doing that. And we went back and forth and she, um, we came to an ultimatum or we came to a mutual decision because I was, I haven't started kind of playing it down like, well, you know what, it's not that bad. And, you know, I'm still talking to you. We've been talking for 15 minutes and, you know, hear me screaming. So everything's okay. Just complete denial. So the agreement was, um, she said, what about this? You come to the the clinic. She said, I'll check your service. She said, if you are less than four centimeters, less than four centimeters dilated, we'll go to the hospital and see if they can stop because it's still early labor. She said, if it's anything else, you already know what has to happen. That C word was um, a cuss word. It it was a straight up cuss word. So the C word it was so hard, meaning C section. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a cuss word. And um one of the things that I did is I told her, you know, hey, just give me an hour. Um I'm gonna drink some water, I'm gonna lay down for a little bit, because you know they say if you're dehydrated, that might be something mm-hmm. that initiated as well. So I told her, give me an hour. That's what I told her, but I took that hour and I prayed and I was just like, you know, just really giving it all to the Lord and just seeking the counsel and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that I felt so strongly is I just felt an overwhelming sense of peace 
and an overall sense of, you know, kind of like that everything is going to be okay. And I got back up. I went to go use the bathroom because I've been drinking a lot of water, had to pee. And um, when I sat down to use the bathroom, um, clumps of blood started coming out. And right on cue, the midwife called back and she's like, okay, it's been an hour. Uh, What are we doing? And in that in that mind frame, I thought of like two things. After that happened, I'm just like, one, Lord, you tricked me. I thought everything was going to be okay. <laughs> what what just happened? Because this is not okay. And then two, it was just like, I don't, I don't really have a choice. And, you know, this is something that I have to do. And I have to, um, you know, I have to go to the hospital. So I did tell the midwife, midwife what was going on. And I told her, you know, hey, I, I do think we have to go to the hospital now. And I remember just having to call my husband and, you know, telling him, like, you got to come back. You already left and went to work, but now you got to come back and we both got to go back to your work. (laughs) (laughs) So um, he, he immediately got off and he left and he came to, to work or he came home to pick me up. And then we went back to um, his job and were the kids home, were your other two kids home at this time? They were home. Um, my sister, she came over and she sat okay. with them. So okay. that's something I, I guess I skipped. So I called my sister and I, you know, played it down a lot. I just made it seem like, oh, well, we just got to go get something checked. They have some concerns, you know, nothing major. Um, my sister, she had a C-section and um, I was honestly a little afraid to vocalize to her everything that I had been experiencing and, and feeling because I didn't want her to confirm like, yeah, you about to C-section it up right now. Yeah. I don't want that confirmation. I was still in denial. So I was just like, we're going to just go and get some things, you know, checked. And, you know, I just left it at that. So she came, she sat with the kids and, you know, just went to the hospital. And once I, whenever I got there and they were, you know, checking, it was just like, yep, baby still head up baby was actively moving and everything was fine with the baby and then the midwife she came and she went to check my cervix and she was like yeah you're seven centimeters dilated and you're in active labor and you have to have a c-section um (laughs) that (sighs) broke my heart in so many ways whenever she told me that at the time my husband he wasn't in the room so they were trying to, you know, crank down because of the coronavirus. So right. the people that could come and go was a lot. It was a longer process. So even though he literally had on his uniform, he had on his badge, he still had to go through the process. And <clears throat> he wasn't in the back of the room. He wasn't in the, the back room with me whenever they told me. And all I could think about is, man, he's going to be so disappointed. And I was just so heartbroken to have to tell him or for him to have to know that, um, you know, we had to have a C-section because it wasn't like it was just a me wanting a natural birth. You know, he wanted a natural birth as well. He didn't want to deal with, you know, the hospital visits and or he didn't want to have to deal with us being at the hospital. And we had already had a home natural birth with my daughter and was able to go home a couple of hours after we had her and be able to recover there. So mm-hmm. that's what he wanted. That's what I wanted. And um, I just cried and just, just sitting there listening to them hustle and bustle because you would have thought like she was about to come in two seconds. They 
they cranked it up. It was so many people came in. Everyone was just everywhere on my body, prepping me, getting me ready. Wow. And one of the things um, I just felt like the Holy Spirit reminded me in that time is you get peace before chaos and you get peace before stressful situation. And I had misinterpreted the peace that I felt the Lord had gave me. I thought it was that everything is going to be okay, peace. But I, I feel like it was that I'm with you and I'm, I'm here with you, peace. Mm. And that helped me a lot because I didn't have any fight in me. I would have, without that, I would have been fully prepared to myself have birth with this baby who I know is breech. Push her <laughs> out, feet first at home. I'm so serious. I know I would have you done that. made it happen. <laughs> I would have made it happen at home. Like when my mind is made up, it takes the Lord to change it. So I, I know that that's not a wise decision now. And honestly, that was a very prideful decision because if I can just be quite honest and just be, you know, um, authentic and expose just my moment of jerk faceness, <laughs> I, it was more so of a pride thing. I did not want to be that woman to have a C-section. I didn't want, want to be that woman to, you know, necessarily like cop out or take the easy way out. I didn't want to... I don't want to be that like I was I did have some pride in me like you know whenever you tell people about your birth and experience and they say um hey did you have a natural whenever it's like oh you had a natural home birth it's like you get kudos like yeah. oh big ups to you girl you know you did it and that's what I mean I did have some pride in that because they're like yes I have my babies naturally no medicine at home like mm-hmm. I had that kind of mentality so to to do a c-section it was for lack of better words it was so degrading it was so degrading to to my womanhood and I felt so less than because I knew I could do it I've done it before and I was just so confident and then not just that it's like a part of me remembered like all of those feelings and all of those thoughts that I had towards the women that had to have c-section I felt that strong conviction and one main woman being um, my sister she was planning to do a natural home birth with my nephew, who's about to be one in a little bit. And she was holding out yards, like pool set up at home, everything, like delivering, like in the process of trying to deliver at home whenever, you know, they told her you have to go to the hospital, went to the hospital and she had to have a C-section and not being educated in that. I did tease her a little bit, you know, um, I was just like, oh, well, you know, you copped out, or I would say stuff to her like, okay, you're not a real woman, but it's okay, you still get a little badge of honor, just uh-huh. joking and teasing her, we have that kind of relationship where we can, you know, tease and joke like that, but that just shows you where my heart and where my mind was as far as like C-section in general, so whenever they said that, it hit so many areas, it didn't just hit like, oh my gosh, you're gonna have, you know, a C-section, you're going to be cut open and someone's going to take your baby out. It was just like, I'm about to eat my words. Mm. And I'm about to be one of those women that, you know, <laughs> I low-key kind of, oh, you had a C-section? Like, okay, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be in that category. And not yeah. just that, I felt like I was disappointing my husband. I was letting him down and then you just retract. What did I do wrong? And, you know, why am I being punished? Like, you have all of those thoughts. And when my husband came back in, I couldn't even tell him what was happening and I told the midwife I was like can you re-explain to me to my husband everything that you re-explained to me and they they told him and I was a little afraid to look at his face mm-hmm. um he never said anything um he was just like okay um 
and within like an hour we were you know not having our baby but we were meeting our baby and I just had to focus on the fact that you know what before the night is over with you're gonna see your baby that you've been anxiously waiting to see and I just had to you know put my hope and my confidence there um the staff at the hospital they were very 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 kind and very nice to us they did you know everything that they could to make it um as pleasant and um i guess less what's the word um less disappointing yeah than what it already was they they really tried and i definitely appreciate and value them about that so it was it was very tough but i think a lot of that those things that came up looking back on it and it hasn't been that long of a time but um it's been very very humbling for lack of better words Mm -hmm. and um I as soon as I got well eventually I didn't even tell anybody it was like maybe a week or two before I actually told somebody how the birth went because I kind of played off and just like you know hey I don't I don't want to talk about that right now um or you know trying to change the subject or or whatever so when I finally told somebody about it um I knew I had to kind of circle back around and tell my sister she's gone you know ask I feel like she kind of already know like Mm -hmm. okay you just went up to the hospital you saying you know everything is okay the next thing you know like an hour later it's like oh had the baby so (laughs) right I feel like she knew but she just didn't push the envelope um so I did eventually open up to her about it and it um trying my best to fight back tears talking about now because I really had to apologize to her and I had to um just humble myself and just ask for her forgiveness because I I told her I said I had no idea like people that women that have c-section um they go through a lot and it's not easy it's not a choice that somebody would you know willingly make most of the time just say hey yeah lay me on the table and Mm -hmm. cut me open um I learned that a lot of women they want the experience of being able to naturally birth their kids and in my head c-section was like a cop-out like come on you know don't don't do that as if they had a choice and that was just Mm -hmm. it, it was just evidence of my ignorance at the time because I didn't know so I had to, um, well, I didn't have to, but I, I tried to humble myself and I apologized to her and I just told her, you know, hey, I had no idea. Um, I'm so sorry. And she had to have two C-sections. So she was never able to experience a natural birth. Mm-hmm. Um, but she doesn't, we only had to have that C-section because the baby didn't turn. She has to have the C-section for any kid that she had because of just some physical dynamics of her body so Mm -hmm. I was um just I was very embarrassed and very very sad to have experienced that and then to know just all of those thoughts that I had in my heart and just some of the jokes that I would tease her about and she she's amazing she's um, my oldest sister and she was completely supportive one of the things that I think has really opened my eyes about this experience is now I feel like I have more versatility to connect with other women because before I've only known one kind of way of birth and you know just going through the c-section process and everything that that entails it's a whole nother world than what I was used to and what I was familiar with and just alone having a scar um is new um and everything that comes with it but for me just trying to look at the scar or 
it took me a while to even look at the scar. It took me a couple of weeks. I would, you know, clean around it and everything, but it took me, I think, about two or three weeks to even look down there at the scar. Um, but I really just had to channel my thinking and not allow my mind to go to the negative of, oh man, I have a scar, but to just allow that to draw me closer because one of the things it made me think of is, you know, now me and my sister, who she had uh, C-sections, we both bear the same scars and not just me and her, but me and other sisters out there that have been through similar situations. It's like a sisterhood that's, you know, kind of bonded together with a scar, with the same scar. So it helps me feel as if I can identify more with other people Mm -hmm. who have been through similar situations and it makes you feel as if you have the capability of having that instant bond with somebody so you don't have to know them you don't have to you know be friends with them for years and years but because you have went through the same process and because you bear the same marks you bear the same scar you are connected and that's that to me is a, a powerful thing that is such a powerful and such a good way of looking at that. I don't think I ever heard anybody put it that way before. And you're absolutely right. You know, going it's you know, going through childbirth, that's you know, that's instantly <laughs> bonding mm-hmm. around the world if you've been able if you've been fortunate to be able to be pregnant and to give birth. Um and the type of birth you have, like you can relate to a lot of people, a lot of women, but it takes it an extra step further, having experienced the cesarean and knowing what that recovery period feels like. So now if somebody else goes through that, you can be like, yeah, girl, I know exactly how you feel. And this is what I did. And um, it's just a, you know, birth is birth, but there are so many different variations to birth. And so being able to connect, like you said, because you guys have the same scar, um, that's just, it's kind of beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful way of looking at it. So are there any last words of encouragement that you would give to women who find themselves in the situation where they had a birth plan, they had in their mind, this is what's going to happen, whether it's going to be natural or cesarean and things went all the way left not how they experienced and they may feel traumatized because they didn't have the birth that they were expecting um do you have any last words of encouragement for women in general that may experience that uh yeah I actually do I think the way I would like to answer this would be twofold so kind of to the women that have had natural births and haven't had to go the route of having a c-section and then the second part, I would just direct it to the women that they have had to have the C-section. But first, to those women that they've never experienced the C-section, I would just recommend being sensitive. I know it's hard sometimes to relate to something that you haven't been through. But for me personally, I can confess and say that I was just flat out ignorant to it. I put no effort into even understanding the process, asking questions, you just sit somebody and say, oh no, I had to have a C-section, and you think, oh okay, but I never really thought to invest into asking 
more questions if they're comfortable or just asking them to share their experience or, you know, hey, what was that like for you? I, I never put any effort into understanding the other field. And I think some of the feelings that I had was so misconstrued because it's like, okay, sis, you got to take the easy way out. You don't have to, you know, push it out, but it's not easy. And that was such a misconstrued, you know, concept that I had because of lack of knowledge. So for women that they have the natural birth and they don't have complications of any kind, you know, that is great. That's amazing. God bless you try and be tender to those that they have complication. And if you can, if they are willing, definitely try and share in that moment with them, encourage them, you know, put yourself in their shoes, you know, if you can and be a support. You don't want to have to, you don't want to have to relate by experience if you don't have to, if you can just lend an ear or listen and be supportive that way, you know, that goes a long way. And to the women that, they have to do C-section and they have heard some negative responses. And most of the time it's internal. You don't have to say anything to anyone else about it. You can just, you know, oh, okay. You know, you can hear it in the tone yeah. when you tell somebody like, Hey, this is what I had to do. So to those women, I would just say, um, what you've done is just as dangerous just as risky, just as brave as the women that do it naturally without any medication. Um, and if you are hearing any other people making, you know, comments that, you know, it's just let out like wrong, please forgive those people. I was one of those people, even though I may not have said it out loud, you know, like I shared about my sister earlier, I would tease her about it. Like, okay, sis, you took the easy way out. Like, you didn't have to push like I did. And that was just completely insensitive. I had no idea what she had to go through. So I just try and encourage you, forgive those other people that they haven't experienced it. We don't know what we're talking about. We've <laughs> never been through it. We don't, you know, well, I have it now, but they don't have that scar. They can't share and relate. And they're not doing it from a place of, you know, wanting to be hurtful. It's simply a place of lack of knowledge and, you know, just not understanding the process. And just stay encouraged that your body got through it. You're alive. You're here. You have a beautiful baby that I'm sure you would say is worth it. And I'm sure if you had the choice to do it all over again, hands down, you would you would say yes. So I would just encourage you just look in the face of that beautiful baby that you have and just move forward, you know, carrying that scar as almost like a badge of honor. Like you did it, you know, you got through it and you're still here. That's so good. Thank you so much. And yeah, <laughs> you said it all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> was, you said it all. That, that was amazing. That was amazing. Um, yeah. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much. So if there is um, someone out there who wants to reach out to you and they have more questions or, you know, they just want someone to hear them out um, because they feel like they can really relate to you now, you know, after hearing you, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Um, well, I'm on social media. I'm on both Facebook and Instagram. I'm not the best at social media, but I'm on it and I'm getting better. So my Instagram name is Kiana Hagens and it's the same for Facebook as well. 
and I'm on it um, every day or every other day. So DMing me is perfectly fine. And even if you want to, you know, slide in and say, hey, you know, you you had some pretty crazy thoughts. I can handle it. It's perfectly fine. And however I can help, however I can, you know, connect with someone or just be just a word of encouragement or even if you need prayer, you know, sometimes you just need somebody to listen, whatever it is, however I can help. I'm definitely open to it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you guys, I will have Kiana's, the links to her Instagram and Facebook in the blog post that's going to go with this episode. So you can reach out to her directly through there. Thank you again so much, Kiana, for sharing your story and for being brave and just putting it all out there. (laughs) And um, we just really, really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Desiree. This is awesome what you're doing, just trying to to share and bring, you know, these stories to the women that need it the most. So, and even the women that may just want to listen and just share in this moment. So thank you for doing this. And I absolutely had a great time just sharing this with you. And I hope it helps and encourages someone. I'm I'm so sure it will. I know it will. I can't wait to hear the feedback. Thanks again, Kiana. No problem. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning into that episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you think that this could be helpful to someone else, please share it on social media so we can get the word out. You can tag us on Instagram and Facebook at Sincerely Mrs. Mommy. If you would like to learn more about the guest or the topic of today, you can visit us on www.sincerelymrsmommy.com and look for the episode title in our search bar. Also, if you are listening to this on Apple iTunes, you can do us a great favor and leave a review and a rating so that other people will know that this is a great podcast and that they should check it out. And last but not least, if you have any questions or want to connect with me personally, or even if you have any ideas for future podcast episodes or even blog posts, please email me at SincerelyMrsMommy at gmail.com. That's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed and I hope you have a great one. Until next time, be blessed.